Hi, and welcome to the Beyond the Scale podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolski, and this podcast, presented by Sequence, will discuss a wide range of topics related to obesity, nutrition, and fitness. With the help of special guests, my goal is to shed light on the new weight science. Hey, and welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolski, and I have with me today our amazing dietitian, Summer Kessel. We have many amazing dietitians, but Summer's with us today, and we're going to be talking about things outside of the usual just diet and exercise about stuff that influences our weight. So welcome, Summer. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And for a reminder, Summer has done her own weight loss transformation. She's not only just a dietitian, she also is an expert because she has done this journey herself. So we're going to be talking about what, what are the things we're going to be talking about, the things other than just diet and exercise and, and even medicines, what are the top things? Yeah. So everybody's like focused, hyper-focused on diet and exercise. And now we have this awesome tool with these medications, but weight management and developing a healthy lifestyle, it's more than just those three things. So I think today we're going to talk about those things that are inside of our control that we can maybe make slight changes to improve our lifestyle around Things that come to top of mind for me are stress management and sleep, and then also time management. Probably the number one barrier that members and patients come to me saying is like, I just don't have time. So I think sleep, stress, and time are big ones. I don't know if you can think of of any others, but those are the three we talk about a lot. Yeah, I think those are great because they are still in our control. We could talk about, you know, talk about the genetics that aren't they're just not in our control genetics we can talk about the overall environment that's not in our control our, our micro environment is more in our control can't change our parents you know i know some of us may want to do that but we can't, we can't do that so and maybe in the future we'll be able to change our genes so right now we'll, we'll talk about the things we can slightly uh, control and these things have I wouldn't say direct influence on the scale, and neither do diet and exercise. Actually, they don't have direct influence. We can try to influence our scale weight and our body composition. We have to try to do certain habits that affect it. But ultimately, these are kind of indirect effects that then affect how our body responds. So I think the first one we should talk about is sleep. I think that one, especially in this technological age, and stress has to do with sleep, of course, too, with jobs and whatever, and that affects how you sleep. But why don't we talk about sleep a little bit? Yeah. So sleep for me is has always been a tough one. I've got two little kids and anybody with kids knows that your best intentions to sleep just don't happen because the night you think you're going to get a full night's sleep is the night the toddler starts waking up all of a sudden out of nowhere. So sleep can be really tough to implement. Some of us have schedules that don't allow for a lot of sleep. We're up early in the morning. We're up till late at night with work obligations, family obligations, childcare. Sleep can be really tough, but studies do show us that there is an adequate amount of rest that is required for folks to feel their best and to have, you know, improved health outcomes. Sleep can impact blood pressure and weight and how we deal with stress. I know for me, when my kids haven't slept well through the night and I've been up through the night, I'm grouchy. And when I'm grouchy, I reach for food. And when I'm tired and grouchy, I don't make the best food choices. So it's all this downstream effect, I think, where poor sleep 
not only what it does internally with our biology, but also just how it impacts our behavior is that our well-rested person tends to make better choices in all areas, but especially I think with food. And then, you know, if you're not sleeping and you're out of bed for a significant portion of your day, you just have more time to eat. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us eat for fun and for boredom and because it's available and because it's around. And, you know, I used to, when I was on my weight loss journey and I didn't have a GLP-1 medication on board to help me make better choices, one of my strategies, one of my weight loss strategies was just go to bed, stop eating and go to bed, put the food away because I could eat continuously if it was available to me. So, you know, I hear that a lot from people who maybe work night shifts, that they're up all night and they're not really necessarily hungry, but they're trying to eat more to stay awake. Those sleep patterns really can impact just the time we have to eat. Yeah. So from a simplistic point of view, we're, you know, instead of being up 16 hours for a day, you're up like maybe eight. That means that you could end up eating more. Some people may not, but many people will. And then when you don't get good sleep, just from a simplistic point of view, like a lot of us just don't feel great and you're not going to want to cook. You're not going to want to go out and get activity, physical activity. So that's a simplistic point of view. From a very scientific point of view, there are little hormonal changes that occur that have to do with the endocannabinoid uh, system. I talk you know, about how marijuana can be used for appetite and we use it medically for cancer patients and things like that. Well, you know, some people may use it recreationally as well. And they talk about the munchies, but sleep can actually disrupt that system. And I, I went on night shifts during uh, training myself and I could stick with my meat and vegetables and whatever in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. But eventually I couldn't do it anymore. The next, like towards the end of my night shifts, I would be eating Rice Krispies and things like that because it was like, that's the only thing that sounded at all palatable. So there, there is something to that. So you're staying up later, more time to eat, not feeling like doing the cooking and exercise types of stuff. And then there's hormonal changes that occur. And, and even people it's shown you get insulin resistant just after a few poor nights of sleep, all sorts of hormonal changes. So, and these things affect our appetites and then also your energy levels. So what can we do? Like, how do we fix someone's sleep? So we call this like sleep hygiene. So having a, a good routine, it works for our toddlers for a reason. It's going to work for us too. So having a routine that you follow consistently every night where you're putting the phone away, where you're winding down, where you're finding time to relax and get ready for bed so that our bodies are ready to fall asleep as soon as we hit the pillow, making sure that your sleep environment is you know, going to work for you. So do you need blackout curtains? Do you need a sound machine? Do you need better sheets? Do you, is it time to replace the mattress? Do you need a better pillow? All of these things are practical things that you could look at and say, let me look at my space. Let me see what I got. What can I work with? How can I make this better? Does my partner snore? Does he need a sleep study? Do we need to figure that out? Like these things matter and they can impact how we're sleeping. And I think the routine for us and our family, if our kids miss their bedtime routine, nobody's sleeping. So really that has been a, a big thing for us is getting the wind down time. And what we really identified is, is the electronics have to go. Yeah. So the iPads get put away, the phones get put away, the TVs get turned off and we read a book and we relax before sleep. And that has made a really big difference for us. 
how long? I mean, like at least an hour, I would say, before your bedtime, but I would probably say two hours would be ideal. Yeah, we do about an hour. Yeah. We do about an hour for the kids. And then once they go down, then, then we have quiet time. So that, you know, that's important. I think if you have kids, we talk about our own sleep hygiene, but like we got to get the kids to bed first before you can go to bed, right? And that's where do we have the social support? Do we have a family support? Do we have those resources available to us to have an adequate schedule and routine that's going to work? And some people, that's a, that's a barrier. That's a inconsistent schedules. Some people have work schedules where they don't have a straight schedule Monday through Friday, right? They work night shifts sometimes and day shifts sometimes. And I think that's where the sleep hygiene becomes even more important when you're sleeping during the day or off your normal rhythm is do you have that comfortable space? Do you have the good pillow? Do you have the sound machine? Some of those things might really help. Yeah, I like that. And it's kind of a linchpin type of habit thing because, like, again, if you just don't get good sleep, you're not going to be able to do some of these other things like stress management. You're going to feel irritable. You're not going to be able to stick to your diet as well. You're definitely not going to want to go to the gym. No. I feel like I feel horrible. And I'd maybe I'll jump into the gym if I got a a poor night's sleep and I get like, I'll do like one set of each thing and it's it's not a good set. It's the same thing. I, I won't go on as many walks. Because I just I'm too tired, <laughs> so like, so it sounds yeah. simple, but I, I I know there's people listening right now. Like, yeah, you know what? I stay up till midnight. Don't shoot for like nine o'clock. Oh, try. I'm watching TikToks for four yeah. hours, and they're the same thing over and over again. I don't know why. Like that stuff, cut it out. It's not helping you. Just try one hour earlier. Try that. Maybe then you can go to two hours earlier. Yeah. Another thing too about sleep is I see like this 5 a.m. club and like. Folks who are, they're on a mission to work out and eat healthier, and they're going to start waking up super early in the morning to get to the gym, right? And so they've sacrificed a significant chunk of sleep, three, four hours sometimes, to get up at 4 or 5 a.m. to get that workout in, but it sacrifices their energy for the day, and maybe that, it sounds like great intention. So that's the only time of day you can get to the gym and it works for you. You know, our buddy, Dr. Tommy, I don't know how he does it. He goes to the gym at 4 a.m. and then he works a 12-hour shift. Because he has to, right? Yeah. <laughs> but not everybody has to be getting up at 5 a.m. to get to the gym to get that workout in. Now, I used to do that when it was my only opportunity to work out. But now it's like I'll do a 30-minute walk here and a 30-minute lift there and a, another 10-minute run over here. When I have time, I've, I've looked at the time management of it, and I don't sacrifice that morning sleep anymore. I make sure I get those two or three extra hours in the morning. And then I find other time elsewhere in my day where I normally would have done the early morning workout. So sometimes it's not, you're not winning any awards for giving up sleep just so you can get to the gym early in the morning when you have time to do it some other time during the day. Yeah. I'm a diva about my sleep. I like my white noise. I like my dark out curtains. I got to have the pillow just right and and my mattress just right. I used to be able to sleep wherever, and now I'm like, no, I need it. I need it perfect. And the the moon better be blue, too. <laughs> there better be some thunderstorms <laughs> outside. So, all right. So that's good. So, I, I mean, people are listening. It's probably like, yeah, whatever. I'll do okay without sleep. It's like, no, I, I strongly suggest that you look at your sleep because it is a linchpin. Like, things will start falling into place if you improve that. If your sleep is good, forget it. Let's go. To, then let's go to the next thing. But, like, don't neglect your sleep. All right. So what's next? Time management? There's a lot of people who are trying to do it all. 
And there's a meme going around right now. Somebody posted like, you know, even Beyonce has 24 hours in the day. Well, she doesn't. She has people. So she has their 24 hours in a day too. So she has lots of 24 hours in a day, right? So we don't all have the same 24 hours. And some of us, like you said earlier, some of us are are overscheduled and overworked and have a lot of responsibilities and our 24 hours are very limited. And so I think that's where it becomes really important to be more, look for ways to be more efficient, to outsource what we can, you know, grocery delivery through COVID when COVID happened. And now all this grocery delivery is more commonplace. How much time I've saved not walking through a grocery store, you know, that hour and a half has been so valuable to me. That was worth it to me, the cost of that. And then eliciting social support and outside support to find time for yourself to do your meal prep or to get to the gym. For me, it's gym time, right? Is always trying to negotiate my time and my schedule during my day to when am I going to get this workout in? Because it's so important to me for my, just for my weight loss and my journey has been to get my lift done and to get, to get a walk or to get some sort of some exercise in my day. And I have to look at what can I outsource? Can I outsource the childcare pickup from daycare to my husband? Can I outsource the grocery delivery? Where can I find time that maybe I didn't have it before? And I've done things like bring things closer to me. So coming to this job here, I gave up a two hour commute. That was a huge deal to me. That was my time was so valuable to me that that was worth any change was just so valuable in getting back that those two hours in my day. That's a lot of time. And so not everybody can do that. Not everybody can change jobs just to get a better commute, but maybe you can, maybe you can look at those things. Maybe you can find something on your commute. That's going to support your goals, a gym that's closer or a different opportunity to work out at home instead of commuting to the gym. Where can you find those 30 minutes that you didn't have before? And sometimes that's all it takes 30 minutes to get something done. And how long do we sit and scroll on TikTok? And look for more than 30 minutes, probably. So that's a, I think, a very intentional choice that people, oh, I don't have all this time. But one of the things to say, okay, let's make a budget. Let's like you do with your money, let's budget your time and write out your schedules, write out where you spend your time. You know, the phone's gonna, it tracks it for you. Go look at how much yeah. time you spent on TikTok last week. Those could have been your walks. You can walk yeah. and TikTok at the same time. Yeah, just don't get hit by a car. Don't. Please pay attention. Don't don't, don't get hit by a car. But you know, I do most of my. I I always see my treadmill. I do most of my tweeting and social media going like real slow on my treadmill because I'm. It's better than just sitting on the couch and doing it for me. That's a choice that I make. So yeah, I I do my walks while yeah. I do meetings. So um, I like that idea. Not everybody yeah. can do it, but uh, it, I think meal prepping. It's it can be annoying, but that's a it can be a certain time saver because if you don't Huge do that, then saver. all of a sudden. You're at work and you're getting whatever else anybody else is ordering. Of course, you know, we, you know, sequence, we, we give medicines that help you then make certain choices. But hopefully the medicine would also help give you that wherewithal to maybe meal prep to help you with the next, the next day as well. And I think, I think time management, it's, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, th- this is probably something to meet with one of our dietitians and, and discuss it because they'd probably be able to help you figure some of that stuff out. It's, yeah. It's it's easy for us to just say, hey, you better be better with your time management. But it's it's different in everybody's life. So I would say the practical takeaway right. with this is like time management makes a big difference. 
You probably are doing a lot of things that waste time. We're not saying you shouldn't have downtime and relax relaxation time, but there's probably little snippets of time in your life that you could probably do better with. If you need help doing it, I would get with one of our dietitians. I think that's good practical yeah. takeaway. And when it when it comes to food too, I think everybody says, "Well, I don't have time to cook." Well, what do you mm-hmm. think cooking is? Like, it, cooking doesn't have to be a gourmet meal, forty five minutes every evening. No. You know, cooking for me sometimes is that rotisserie chicken and a bag salad, and it's a meal on a plate that fit, fits my goals. So the perception of time, how long something's going to take, how hard it's going to be versus what it really might take. That's where we can talk to you as a dietitian through all of those food choices that convenience foods are not inherently bad because they're processed. Like that microwave bag rice saves me so much time. It's worth it. Yeah. The rotisserie chicken, those sort of bag salads, like utilizing convenience foods where you can, if it helps you save time and implement the lifestyle that you want to follow, those are wonderful. So many people talk so much smack about these sort of things on the internet and they make you feel like if you're not eating home-cooked, delicious, from scratch, organic meals that you might as well go to McDonald's. And that's not true. There's like such a spectrum in between of good enough that'll meet your goals, that'll meet your needs, get you that protein and a veggie, and you can move on and gosh, use paper plates so you don't have to wash dishes. Like find those time savers where you can. Yeah, it's it's funny when I was interviewing uh, dietitians that some of those questions I I would ask because I wanted to make sure that the dietitians weren't like no you got to have all organic and you can't have uh, and so I've seen some dietitians say this not ours we have the best dietitians but <laughs> I, I've seen some dietitians talk about you got to have you can't have artificial sweeteners you got to you know have fresh this and that and it has to be organic and whatever but I I love what you're saying because there's actually studies. Just to pull in some science in there, there's some studies that show people actually did better when they were counseled to have prepackaged meals. And this doesn't mean prepackaged Twinkies or whatever, like, you know, whatever packaged highly processed foods. It's, you know, it's relatively healthful whole foods that are prepackaged. And it, it, it comes down to time and convenience. So anybody listening going, don't feel bad about your microwave meals that are relatively healthful regardless you know there may be a little bit high in sodium and whatever in the canned foods and and frozen foods that are pretty good so i like i like that i love uh, a steamer bag of veggies that's how we eat most of our vegetables in our house is the steamer bag save such a lifesaver very good okay so then what's the last one stress management that one's that one's a good one stress how do we do that (laughs) stress is around us no you tell me no i it takes a lot. I, there's a lot of privilege in some of what we're talking about, right? Like yeah. to have the ability to control your stressors in your life. We don't always have those, that kind of control that we think we right. do. So, you know, job pressures, uh, money pressures, societal pressures. It's just going to be sometimes a fact of life that things are going to be stressful. I think instead of trying to control the things that stress us, it's most important to figure out how do we respond to stress? How do Mm -hmm. we deal with stress as an individual? Because while it would be great to get rid of all the stress in our lives, it's just not practical. But what we can do is think of strategies and tools that we can implement. How do you best deal with stress for yourself? And that's different for everybody. Sometimes it's, you need unwind time and downtime and family time. For me, it's like a workout really helps me get back in the right mindset. 
For some people, it's a quiet book or a bath or yoga or meditation. It's different for everyone. But learning to identify that we're under stress, sometimes people don't know how to say, oh gosh, this is a lot of stress I'm under. So first learning how to identify that you're under stress. And then what's going to actually work for you to make you feel more at peace and more relaxed and, um, you know, what strategies are you going to implement? And there's lots to choose from. It works differently for everybody. Things like journaling or meditation or exercise can be some big ones that really help. Yeah. A lot of this for weight loss. I mean, it comes down to, are you using food for your stress management? Obviously we have medicines that can take the edge off of that. And that's what we do. But still some of that, you know, even despite medicines, it may be such a learned habit that that's what you do. So that's part of what our dietitians help with. Again, I'll, I'll plug you guys all, all day because you all help with that part of it. It's, it's a real strategy thing, a strategizing ways to manage your stress that doesn't involve food. Easier said than done. You went through it, right? I mean, that's what you talk about your journey of using well, food as yeah and figuring out how you're going to cope with things that you would normally cope with food like that could be rough and i think part of it is just having the self awareness that mm-hmm. okay now i don't have food to turn to what am i going to turn to i'm a big planner what's the plan cuz life might be good right now everything's good and gravy and you're losing weight and everything's happy but something's going to happen there's stress is coming yeah. we all we don't all get so lucky as to go through life without some sort of stress coming our way what then? Because a lot of us are really good at doing the lifestyle and the diet and the exercise and losing weight when things are good. And then we fall off the wagon when there's a hiccup or when there's a new baby or when there is yeah. a new job. What's the plan then? So having good foundational habits, having your lifestyle be so grounded and so routed in like, this is what I do. I always eat vegetables. I always exercise. So it's not negotiable when stress comes along. It's not something you just quit when things get hard. And I think that is why sometimes these diets that everybody goes on that are so complicated and so restrictive and they make you miserable when times are good, you're definitely not going to continue them when times are hard. Yeah. Right. This makes it easier to quit that diet because why continue the stress, compound the stress on real life stress? So I think that's why it's important too, to have your diet and your lifestyle be something that brings you joy and the way that you're eating be something that you enjoy and your exercise routines be fun and not an added stress. Yeah. Your diet and exercise shouldn't make your life worse. It should make you feel better. And if it's not, then we need to figure that out because that's not the intention here. You know, the way you're eating shouldn't make you miserable. The way you're eating should support you to have a great, fun, happy life and deal with stress when it happens. Yeah. I mean, if we could, we'd give everybody whatever, a million dollars so they didn't have stress about money. We'd give everybody extra Beyonce helpers, I guess, <laughs> you know, the pe- yeah. people coming in and doing all your work for you so you could just live a super happy, stress-free life. Although I will say that a little bit of stress does help relieve us from boredom, but a lot of stress can throw us for a loop. And most people have too much stress. So ideally we get the stress down to where you like, okay, this keeps me going, but not overwhelming. So again, easier said than done. Like you said, there's a there's obvious privilege when we talk about some of these things. Some of it's just out of our control, but 
I, I think another plug for the dietitians, I would say that like, hey, I noticed, you know, if you start getting awareness about your stress, like I noticed that I'm doing this. Can you just, can you help me strategize, figure out some way to not do this? Like, I don't know. You notice that yeah. when you're, when the boss yells at you or something, that's when you go to the break room. I don't know. I, I hear these stories all the time from people and I'm like, Ugh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, the medicine can help. That was a big one for me. Yeah. It's like a really hard day at the hospital. I was working in the hospital, a really hard day. Sad stuff happened. It's been a rough day. The, gosh, they had these chocolate chip cookies that were like this big and they were always warm. And then the really sweet lady at the bakery was just nice. And so like I would treat myself to a cookie because I was having a hard day. And while sometimes that's lovely and a very healthy thing, an everyday habit of doing that is not going to serve my goals. Yeah. Right. So I needed to figure out what could I, I still wanted to go visit my friend at the bakery, but maybe I don't need to order the big old cookie every time. Maybe I can just get a cup of coffee and yeah. say hi and take that break. And, right. So it's those little things that really downstream, they all add up. You've had a poor night's sleep, you're stressed out and you feel like you have no time. Then what's for dinner? Like yeah. that's the practical thing, right? Like what, how does that influence your choices and your behaviors? And does that mean that what's for dinner? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's just going to be fast food. Cause I can't think of anything else. Or have you set yourself up for success to know that you've got some steamer bag of veggies in the freezer. You've got a couple bags of rice and you did buy that rotisserie chicken at Sam's the other day. Yeah. So you're good. Yep. All these things steamroll into what we were talking about. Things that are beyond just straight up diet and exercise that affect your weight, that you do actually have yeah. some modicum of control over. I think I think it's great. I th it, at least people will start thinking when they're listening to this going, yeah, you know what? I could probably do this. Or, hey, maybe I should just reach out to one of the dietitians to, to help me through some of this stuff. Yeah. I think that's good. One of my favorite sessions like last week, I had a member who said, you know, I really realized that if I spend that hour on Sunday to write out dinners and order groceries, I have such a great week. I have less stress through the week. I don't feel as unsure about what I'm eating. It's so nice to have a plan. Like, yes. And so the perception of time, she thought that she would be spending an hour every single day stressing about what she was going to eat. And really it just took that one hour on Sunday. Yeah. So we can help you kind of negotiate with yourself what you're willing to spend your time and your stress and your energy on. What are your values and your goals? Where can we make a shift? And then I'm not saying that we've got to fix all your stress, fix all your sleep and fix all your time management problems in one session, but we can get you closer towards making it easier. And that that's the goal is to make this whole process easier and more sustainable and realistic and not be so easily thrown off by a curveball. I love it. Well, thanks, Summer, for coming on. And again, if you want, if you're part of Sequence, you want to talk with one of our dietitians, go ahead and schedule that appointment sooner than later to help you through some of these things. And we will have you back on the podcast soon to talk about other awesome stuff. So thanks again, Summer, for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me.